guys. Welcome into the Daily Dose with Sean Redden. I'm your host, of course, Sean Redden. Nick D'Amelio is with me as always producing. But this episode, I'm joined with the leader of Eagles Brawl, and in my opinion, has the second best Manscaped commercial um, in America behind Ian Rappaport. <laughs> but uh, Connor, what's up? I want to thank you for joining me. Man, that was the best intro I could have asked for. <laughs> can't ask for a better intro that second best damn i love it yeah uh i called out doug peterson man and I, I i still feel the same way i know we'll get into this episode but i mean even i just did a live show for uh meanies birds recap and i said the same thing i'm like hey uh doug peterson and carson once lost their balls don't be the same way get this manscaped <laughs> out come on like Oh man, it, it's 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 tough, guys. I know we're gonna get into it, but I mean, it's it's not very bright in Philly right now. I know it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but not right now. Exactly, it's fucking pouring in Philadelphia right now. Mm. But yeah, the reason I gave you the second best is because you didn't catch a suspension for it, like he didn't rap for it. So, so he holds that status. I gotta leave him number one. Absolutely. I have, maybe I'm thinking it's a little too simple for me. The Eagles this year, and I try I try to point this out to anybody who like asks me like what's going on with the Eagles offense and stuff. I try to point this out. I'm like, there's two options. Either Carson Wentz completely forgot how to play football over a summer, or the actual creative minds that the Eagles have had on the coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball the last few seasons are all gone, and there's zero play creativity. It's a boring, simple offense, and the play calling is absolutely atrocious. Am I breaking that down too simple? For people that want to argue and say, like, Wentz needs to be gone from? Yeah, I mean, it's really two things. It comes down to two things. Well, one, Carson Wentz was not as good as we thought he was, unfortunately. Like, that's just the truth. I mean, he's a top 10 Kyler quarterback. Clearly, he's proven he's not top five. Uh, I've seen Russell Wilson go through the worst offensive coordinators you could possibly put around a guy to make an offense and a horrible makeshift offensive line for years and still play the quarterback position at top five level. It just shows you he's not on that level and we all thought he was and i think myself included thought he was uh you i don't understand why we have to pick sides it's everybody's fault i mean 100 we we overrated doug peterson absolutely you could tell that now that uh he is not an elite head coach he can only win when he has a collective effort around him he has horrible coaches around him uh right now the influence of the risk angelo marty morning week pact is Awful. It's, I think that's hindering the team way more than anybody wants to allude to. I mean, the Jalen Hurts designs are strictly a quote out of Marty Morningwig's playbook. Everything that Jalen Hurts has been used this season has been orchestrated by Morning Morningwig's play designs. Because if you go back to when he was the offense coordinator with the Jets, it's back through the Tebow era, how they used Tebow back then with the Jets and Mark Sanchez. That's exactly how the Eagles are using Jalen Hurts right now. And then you go back to uh, with Baltimore when he's offensive coordinator there with Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson. It's exactly what the Eagles are doing with Winston, Jalen Hurts now. It's a collection of suck. That's what the Eagles are. The offense is a collection of suck. Doug Peterson can't coach himself out of a paper bag, and I just said it on the show. If you don't have any rhythm, here's what people forget about coaching. Coaching is just like playing football. It's it's hand-in-hand hand with just like playing football. It's a rhythm sport, and coaching deserves that rhythm as well. It needs that rhythm. Doug Peterson has not established any rhythms whatsoever this year, so that goes hand-in-hand and hand why the Eagles' offense is falling apart because he can't establish any type of rhythm play calling. He doesn't know it. He, doesn't, he has no pulse on the game whatsoever. No. He has no pulse on formations. He has no pulse on who should go for, for reads. Playing Alshon Jeffrey 49% of the stats, pretty much putting him on timeshare, Travis Fogum, it's just it's, – I don't understand. I think that at this point, Doug Peterson is going to go into his next job and say – well, I was loyal to my players. Look what I did. I played Jason <laughs> Peters and Alshon Jeffrey when they shouldn't have been playing. I, I don't know it at this point. I don't know what the answer is. I just know that you can't go into the next season and say, we can fix this. Something has to change. You're now finally at the point with the Eagles where you say something has to change. So now you have to look at it from a Carson Wentz standpoint, from a Doug Pearson standpoint, from a Harry Rosen standpoint. Can you fix Carson Wentz and make him play to that level that he did before 2017? Absolutely. Yeah, I think you can because he was playing that level last year. If you would have had – uh, wide receivers playing up to par like they were in 2017. Carson Wentz's numbers last year would have been exactly identical to what they were that MVP year. I believe you can get Carson Wentz back to that form. Can you get Doug Pearson back to the Super Bowl winning head coach form? You can, but he doesn't want to. Want to know why? Because he's not letting anybody else be play caller. He doesn't want anybody else to be play caller. So if he's not going to let anybody else play play caller, 
He's not going to let anybody else make play designs. He's not going to let anybody else in- indicate what they, he should do with his offense. Back then, he was doing that. He had Frank Reich sleep over his house night before games. So I don't know where the disconnect with Doug is. I don't know where the ego came in where he thought that he can do this all himself now. But clearly, he's overmatched as a head coach, and he can't do it all by himself. So if he can't get on board with, hey, we're going to bring in a new play caller, you're going to be the head coach next season because we know we, you can lead Ben. You're a Super Bowl winning head coach. These guys will buy back into you easily, but you cannot call plays next year. If he doesn't buy into that, you have to get rid of the head coach then. Sorry. It's just, it has to happen. He's He can't be here. And then Harry Roseman. He should not be person making personal decisions. It's just blatantly serious. How – I know Lewis Riggin has he, he, uh, a pass with this team. Riddick, and Lewis Riddick basically auditioned for the job last night. Exactly. And I know he has a pass with this team, and I know he has a pass beef with Harry Roseman. Lewis Riddick blocked me on Twitter because I called out for his beef with Harry Roseman years ago. I said, dude, you always talk down Harry Roseman because you guys have personal beef together. Lewis Riddick, during the Dream Team years, his front office tenure was completely ruined thanks to Harry Roseman. So that's why he blames Harry Roseman, has a personal vendetta against him. And what better team to get back in the good graces with than a team that knows you best that you can work for? Because no other team, as much as we praise Lewis Riddick, as much as the NFL world loves Lewis Riddick, why aren't teams lined up to give him a, a front office job? Right. There's a reason behind that. So if I'm Lewis Riddick, I'm going to go, hey, Jeffrey, I used to work for you. You know, I I, I could, I, I think I can fix this. So what better way to do it than go on my own night football broadcast on prime time and call out the guy who's making decision making for you? Because I mean, dude, he destroyed Howie on him. Oh, the I mean, he team. oh my god, when he started coming at him for his drafting, I was like, Jesus. He he even <laughs> laughed when they when they when when DK Metcalf was going off last night. I mean, he lasted the whole game, but he made one play, and then I forget who the who the other analyst is because I was so enamored with Lou Riddick last night. But he was like, and the Eagle, they brought up how DK like was there when the Eagles were up, passed him three mm-hmm. times. And Lou was like, and these guys took JJ Ortega Whiteside over him and then openly laughed on air. And I'm just like, <laughs> yes, and, the wildest uh, shit I've ever seen out of like an announcer. <laughs> hey, what better way to get to take someone's job than completely embarrass them in front of national television? So you obviously probably think you can't fix how you rhythm at this point. I mean, that's the answer. You can't. I mean, I think, he's I a common denominator. I don't think there's any way Roseman comes back next year. Unless, unless he has, like, videos oh, of, like, dude, I, Lurie cheating or something. Like, that's the only way he keeps his job. And I unfortunately think he will keep his job. I don't think he deserves his job. I think you should strip his title and make him do something else if you're going to keep him, which is on the table. But, I mean, Hi- Jeffrey Lurie's not going to fire Harry Roseman. It's just the truth, guys. I mean, he's been with the team since 2000. Jeffrey pretty much feels like he gave birth to Howie Roseman. And if you're going to feel that strongly about somebody and not fire him after the dream team tobacco, not especially let's, I, I saw this point brought up, but Rob today, and I thought it was a great point. That 2010 team was special and how he just took that and yep. just shit all over it. And then the Chip Kelly era had potential, but your head coach didn't want anything to do with your personnel decision maker and your personnel decision maker didn't want anything to do with your head coach. So what happens is your head coach ends up getting fired and the team is complete mess. It, it makes sense. Cause you had to give that head coach the full personnel control. Cause you had to finally see if he could do it. And look, the team craps the bed because he couldn't clearly do it. And now, yes, you won a super bowl, which you had Frank Reich, John D. Filippo and Joe Douglas in your corner, but you go into this situation where you're supposed to build off of that and you progressively have gotten worse each year when those guys have left. So now it's saying like, who really is the problem? Like, so uh, if anyone wants Howie to keep his job at this point, I think you're absolutely asinine. I don't know what you're watching. I don't know how you can want this guy to keep his job. He clearly can't change, but uh, it's just Jeffrey Lurie. I don't know what, like you said, I mean, Howie must really just directly suck his tit or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, he must, I, I hate to use all this bad language, but I'm just so done with this team, man, because I know that nothing's really going to change. I no. I can, I wouldn't even be surprised until Pearson buys his way back in. I was going to say, I I actually have come to the conclusion where I don't think there's really any chance that Peterson gets fired. Unless there's going to be some scapegoats. There's just some scapegoats every year, because I keep saying this on the Eagles brawl, and everybody's like, shut up, Connor. Well, like, it's Mike not that Grow serious. Last year. It was Mike Groh last year. That's what I'm saying. And Mike Groh's over in Indianapolis laughing his ass off. Mm-hmm. Because the Eagles offense has got worse since they fired Mike Groh. Well, that's what, that's, that's, that's why I said, like, it's either 
and I, like I said, I'm probably thinking of it too simple, and I know I am, but that was just like the two options that I gave was either Wentz just completely forgot how to play or the coaching staff and the creativity has gotten worse. Because you look back in 2017 when they had Filippo and Frank Reich here, I mean, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, was going to be the league MVP if he didn't get hurt. He was absolute magic. But you had guys running open all over the field that whole season because the scheme was so good. Then them two leave. And in 2018, Wentz, while playing mostly injured the whole year, still finished the season with 21 touchdowns and seven picks. He still didn't turn the ball over like that. His decision-making was still pretty good. Most of his turnovers came against that Saint game, too. It was He had a really good year that year up until the injury. Absolutely. And, then, and last year was great. I thought last year was his best season. 100%. Over 4,000 yards, most yards in franchise history, with no receiver going over 500 yards, 27 touchdowns, seven picks. And then again, we fire, we lose an offensive coach in the offseason, and then Doug Peterson says, I'm not replacing him. Or or he brought in guys, but no, he didn't want to give anybody the offensive coordinator title. And that's why they didn't replace him, because nobody wanted to come to this team and not have play-calling ability. That's exactly why. Graham Harrell would have took the job if it wasn't for that. 100%. So – uh, I just I watched that game last night, and I just finally said, you know, I've always been on the fence about firing Dub, but you could fire him now. I mean, See, against the I thirty, saw, I saw your tweet last night, and you said, um, I forget somebody said something where I'm I'm okay with Doug coming back as long as we have a a play caller and OC next year. And then I saw you tweet, you were like, I used to have that same mindset, but after tonight, I don't. And I was in a hundred percent agreement. I actually been telling people all year. I'm like, I think Doug is actually a good leader. Like, the players seem to like him. He seems to be a player's coach. But he has to have somebody who's really the offensive mind on his staff. But after last night, like, I was totally baffled. You're down eight with 13 minutes left in the game, and you go for it on fourth down when it's your defense's best performance of the season. And you go for it on your own side of the field on fourth down and hand the Seahawks a free three points. Now you're down 11. You need a field goal, touchdown, and two-point conversion. You're in range for the field goal. And then you go for it on fourth and two again in the red zone. To me, that made no sense because even if you score the touchdown there, you still need another touchdown. Like, mm-hmm. it made no sense to me. He, I don't think he has any grasp on the game at all anymore. That's why, that's why I finally said that. That's why I finally came to that point where I'm like, he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, he has nothing – he has no idea what he's doing. But the thing is – I've been really harsh on Carson. I think he deserves it. I think a lot of people yeah. are babying him a little bit. And I'm like, no year five quarterback should take a regression like this. Like, you have to be playing that bad. And I think he's playing timid. I think he's playing like he doesn't want to get hurt. Uh, I think he's terrified from the concussion. That's here. I, I I never thought this way. And I had to have Ed Cross of Sports Illustrated bring it up on our show that that concussion could probably still be in the back of his head. And I'm thinking, like, there's something that we're not seeing. There's something mentally in his head that's blocking him from playing yeah. well, for blocking his decision-making. Because like you just said, to start the whole segment off, his decision-making has never been that bad. And you can go back to North Dakota State. Screw what exactly. they, he's done with the Eagles. He's never been a turnover-prone quarterback besides the fumbles. That's always been him is the fumbles, not the interceptions. So the thing is, the guy looks like he has a mental block in his head when he's playing quarterback because he's not reading his progressions at all, which is on him, not on Doug Peterson. That is on Doug Carson Wentz. No feel for it at all. He has, and for Dallas Goddard to come out and take the blame last night for the miscommunication on the interception, I thought I was like, Dallas, you're 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 just supporting your quarterback. I mean, your quarterback should put you in a position where you're supposed to be. If you didn't yeah. know where you're supposed to be, then he didn't do a good job conveying the message. And even if Goddard ran the right route there, I mean, it's it's maybe a completion because I mean, Wentz fired it in there. He might not have gave him a choice but to catch it. But you had Richard Rodgers running under right open, right. yard past the first down marker. If Wentz just looks to his left, it's right there. Right, and and honestly, Carson has always struggled to lock under one read. That's always been part of his game where he, he wants to go where the play is supposed to be drawn up to go. That's just – he wants to listen to his coach. For everybody that's out here that says he doesn't listen to coaching, I mean, if he didn't listen to coaching, he wouldn't be playing this way. I'm just going to tell you that right now. He wouldn't <laughs> be playing that bad. He wouldn't be playing that badly. Uh, I He locks into that one read where the read's supposed to go and he goes to that play no matter what. Uh, if he could – adjust that part of his game, which I think he did under John D. Filippino, uh, surveying the field a lot better. I think you get a lot better Carson Wentz, obviously. But, uh, I mean, to have a guy completely regress, it just shows it shows you that the Eagles don't have the right people in place because 
They allow this guy to completely regress, and then they also are brainwashed into thinking that he's Carson Wentz, he'll get out of it. Yeah, like that's what I'm trying to say here is that Jeffrey the Ray Howard Roseman, Doug Peterson, fans, they're like, oh, it's not December yet. We only win in December. I'm like, you can't do that shit every year. Plus, at this point, you're three seven and one. You're losing to Green Bay. Sorry, like it's not you're not beating Green Bay. So you're gonna be three eight and one. You could win the division at seven eight one, but do you really want to? Like, I mean, you're going to go into Walker. Doing is worsening your draft pick. But in my opinion, if Howie Roseman doesn't get fired, I don't give a shit if we had the number one pick because he probably wouldn't even take Lawrence. Well, I mean, for everybody, it's like, well, they can catch lightning in a bottle and they'll get hot quick. How can you watch that game last night and think that? How? I mean, I understand flipping the tides and uh, every given Sunday, but I mean, they're not getting any better. They've had multiple opportunities, multiple matchups to exploit, and they just look the same every single week on offense. I got really excited that last drive of the first half. Like, I felt like Wentz just literally went into, like, Paul Crew from the longest yard and was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to do it myself. And he was taking off. He had a 21-yard run Mm -hmm. to pick up the first down, then ran another one, laid the wood on – who was it? Quandre Diggs. Quandre Diggs, yeah. Yeah, laid the wood on him, ran him over. And I'm literally, and then after that drive and they scored the touchdown, I'm like, yo, Wentz is back. Like, he's back to just, you know what, I'm going to run if I have to. I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. And Nick actually texted me and said, 2017, Carson Wentz just has entered the chat. And I was like, dude, I'm so excited from what I just saw right there. And then the third quarter, I was just like, what the hell? Blake Carr can't maximize on his quarterback. It's momentum. That's it. It's just too much disconnect, and when there's too much disconnect. You have to make a change. That's why I'm just, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Well, that's Joe Brady. I feel like Lincoln Riley. Come on down. Me and you are in agreement on Joe. That's my number one candidate. Is Joe mm-hmm. Brady? If and then I actually had somebody like try to call me out earlier because I said Joe Brady is my number one candidate, and he was like, "Well, you just said you don't want a head coach that's calling the plays," and I'm like. Well, Joe Brady's a proven play caller where he's been like Doug Peterson didn't even call plays in Kansas City when he was there. Right. I know Andy Reid likes to say, oh, I let him call a half. Like, yeah, that's him. not yeah. – half of football. Uh, yeah, you could tell that he's only been able to call a half. Uh, <laughs> I picked Joe Brady because Joe Brady went to multiple programs. He went to the Saints and benefited their offense. He went to LSU and made Joe Burrow into – uh, an elite prospect because Joe Absolutely. Burrow was not Joe Burrow before Joe Brady. And not only that, he's been better ever since, too. So, I mean, that coaching actually stuck with him. Um, and then he goes to Carolina where Teddy Bridgewater is just a feel-good story at this point. And P.J. Walker was a CF, uh, XFL star at Temple. And he's actually playing well. But not only that, my main reason why I want Joe Brady is that Joe Brady can scheme receivers open. And Carson Wentz exactly. needs to play with receivers that get open. And what better coach to get than Joe Brady for that? Like, that's the that's absolute exactly, that's best exactly coach. how I responded to the guy who said that to me earlier about you don't want the head coach. I'm like, I don't need Joe Brady to call the plays. Yeah, and somebody said that. Somebody said to me on Twitter. When I said that on Twitter. I, in the room. <laughs> right. I put up a gif on Joe Brady on Twitter. Somebody wrote, he's only been an OC for one year. That's way too soon. And I'm like, where have you been? Like we're like we're watching teams that fire uh, hire coaches that come from Texas Tech offense, yeah. and he has success. We're watching Andy Reid, who never was an OC, be the most longest tenure head coach in the league, and then finally get a Super Bowl. Right? Like, I mean, all these coaches are getting. Zach Taylor got a job off a quarterback coaching job. No, you don't have to be an OC for that long. And not only that, I mean, like I just said, he went to Carolina, perfected that offense. LSU perfected that offense because I'll be looking at LSU's offense now. I mean. Everybody's talking about Joe Burrow being gone. I think they'd be a lot different if Joe Brady was there still. Uh, And then if you're – I want somebody from Sean Payton. I want somebody that learned the game from Sean Payton, how to run an offense from Sean Payton. I'm tired of living in the Reed shadow. I don't need Eric Bionni to do this again in five years. Like, I'm just not doing this retreat anymore. Get yourself out of his shadow finally. Get a refreshing new outlook to this organization. Take that chance that you did when you hired Andy Reid before. Stop living in the past of Andy Reid. Like, uh, I, I don't know, man. Because the only thing I see, I'm such a negative fan now because I'm like, here's what the Eagles are going to do this offseason. They're going to say, Doug, if we give you a play caller and we just we'll let you pick him at least, who's he going to be? And he's going to say Matt Nagy. And then I'm going to be like, here yeah, we go. I'll We're going to have an awful team. I'll yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, I'm gonna be like, wow. And Jeffrey Lurie bought into that because Jeffrey Lurie is not the brightest bulb in the, in the shack either. So, 
I, I, yeah, Jeffrey Lurie would sign off just because Nagy's another one from the Andy Reid tree. And he played, he played quarterback for the Eagles, and he coached for the Eagles. He fits that's all the criteria. Comfort zone is like, oh, he coached under Andy Reid? Yeah, I'll, I'll welcome him. But that would be There's no way you can look at the Chicago offense and be like, yeah, somebody in that room somebody I want on my staff. They, oh, but, you know, Eagles fans will spin it as, well, he had Mitch Trubisky. Can you blame the guy? He had Nick Foles yeah. for six weeks, too, and still average. I, I don't care. Well, I, the coaching, your scheme is supposed to make quarterbacks better. That's the point. They drafted Mitch Trubisky thinking he was going to be this guy. The coach hasn't made him better. The offense hasn't made him better. It's not going to make anybody else better either because it hasn't made Foles better at all. And he had Nagy, and Nagy had him in Kansas City, too. So, uh, I mean, I, that's that's – I don't know, man. I think if I'm in charge of the team, I tell Howie, stick to the cap. You suck. I need a new personnel man in here. And I need that personnel man to pick my head coach because I need them to be on the same page. Because when you guys are drafting a quarterback in the second round, which I don't care what Doug Peterson says, that's not what he wanted. That's not what he wanted. Actions speak louder than words. And the way you're using Jalen Hurts shows me that you didn't want him at all. Yeah. So get these two on the same page right off the bat. That's why I think Louis Riddick would be the perfect man for the job because he sounds like he already has a plan in place. Make sure that they're on the same page and go from there and build from there. And if they believe in Carson Wentz, fine. Roll with him. If that coach thinks, you know what, we might have that. You guys might actually make the right decision picking Jalen Hurts. He has some serious Russell Wilson potential. Fine. Go with him. I don't care who you go with because I think you can definitely fix Carson Wentz. But if Carson Wentz is capable of playing this bad, you do have to worry about this now moving forward. You do have to have this in the back of your mind moving forward because this caliber of quarterback play that he's showing you right now, it's not franchise quarterback. You can't you can't have him as a starting quarterback playing like this year in and year out. So whatever the decision the new coach makes, whatever the decision personnel make, is fine with me, but you need new new guys in there for that. But I just know that the likeliest of the move is going to be Doug being gone. That's what I feel. I feel that way as well. Um, but I kind of have like a fear in the back of my head to where it's Lurie's like, he did win us the Super Bowl, so he might get a – Well, he'll give – They always he always gives each guy a chance to explain. And I yeah. feel like – when Doug finally explains to him, we went through COVID like every other NFL team, but hear me out. Uh, and then he explains the Jalen Hurts pick was probably just not – this team was not ready to handle that. It just wasn't. This team was not ready to handle that type of conf- – that, especially in Philadelphia. I mean, they weren't ready to handle the circus. Uh, the, the, he didn't get enough time to commemorate with the new play callers that Lurie brought in himself. I don't know. All I think is – there is a way that Doug Peterson can buy himself back in with Jeffrey Lurie, but I mean, Jeffrey Lurie said it himself when he fired Chip Kelly that the Thanksgiving game and the game on Sample were the games where he decided it was time to move on. Yeah, I think yesterday was a game where you could decide it's time to move on, and I would fully understand why. Absolutely, so, uh, I was just and I was actually like, mind you, I've been called all season a Wentz apologist, a Wentz dick rider, a Wentz this, and I'm like. No, I'm I'm a reasonable thinker. Like mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and watch the Eagles play and be like, you know what? If Jalen Hurts was playing, this team has no issues whatsoever. Right. And I'm like, the O line has had ten different starting units this year. The wide receivers have been lackluster. Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz have missed time. They refuse to use Miles Sanders, which is refused. And I'm just like Fine. But I'm not absolving Wentz of none of the blame. Like He 100% has to be better, especially with the turnovers. But I'm also realizing like with the cat situation, with all that money and dead money, if they move on from him from this season, there's – and I try to explain this to everybody. I'm like, there is a more than likely chance that Wentz is going to be back with another OC or another head coach before they move on from him. And, like, I Absolutely. personally – if you actually believe Jalen Hurts – can be the guy for the future. Again, like I said, I'm not married to Carson Wentz. I'm married to the to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. That's that's. I don't give a shit who the quarterback is, as long as they're winning and the team's. I love Jalen Hurts. I liked him a lot. I thought. See, a lot of people hated on him, but I think people have struggled with adding context to evaluations because that his first real year of quarter true quarterback play was last year under Lincoln Riley, and I think there was some serious potential there that he tapped into. Now his mechanics are awful. He, he had the slowest release in college football from a quarterback last year that would have been ranked 36 in the NFL going into last season. He, he His release time was 3.1 seconds. That's just not – you can't do that in the NFL. You get turned over each time. Nobody – that, that's way too long. 
Doug Pierce is not fixing that. <laughs> so I'll tell you right now, <laughs> Doug Pierce is not fixing that. Jalen Hurts cannot run a West Coast offense. Jalen Hurts is not a West Coast quarterback. Jalen Hurts is a play action quarterback. Doug Pierce not using he has no feel for the play action at all. Jalen Hurts yeah. is not fixing that. So how can I, I can fully sit here and say, yes, I evaluated Jalen Hurts as much as I possibly could watch his Oklahoma film. On the old podcast, I had Mark Schofield on, and I had Thor Nystrom on, and we talked extensively about Jalen Hurts and what he could potentially do for an offense. Neither of those guys felt that he fit the Eagles. Neither, neither did I. So if you don't want to listen to me, listen to at least guys that work for the NFL Wire and NBC Sports who think the same exact thing. I think, like you just said, if you get a new head coach and he tells you, yes, I see that potential that you saw in Jalen. I see that Russell Wilson, that high Roseman saw. Fine. By all means, go with it. But like you said, that contract dictates you're married to Carson Wentz, and I don't blame you. I mean, he's talent, more talented than Jalen Hurts. I like Jalen Hurts a lot. Carson Wentz is more talented. You bowl around the quarterback that you know is more talented. But if the new coach says, I can make my offense, and Jalen Hurts fits it better than Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz is willing to renegotiate his contract to make it appease a trade to like an Indianapolis Colts team that probably treat him a lot better with Frank Reich, fine, so be it. But as long as my new coach is – 100% sold on Jalen Hurts and knows that he can make his offense around Jalen Hurts better, fine, so be it. But for everybody that wants to make – I said it myself last night. I said pull Carson Wentz. Just pull. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, he's struggling. I thought that's another thing before you get into your point is when they put Jalen Hurts in there without Wentz on the field to start a drive, I was – To like, start the second half. I was like, Jalen Hurts is going to get this whole drive. He got two plays, and then they put Wentz back out there on third and eight. I'm like – you just sent a pinch hitter in down 0-2 in the count. Like, what the hell did you think was going to come out of that? The funny thing is I made a joke about how he's going to get four snaps this week, and he didn't even get that. He just got two, like, after all those reports came out. But uh, if – I don't know, man. I just – it, I, I think we're going to see Jalen – I mean, if the Eagles – like, we, we're both in agreement. They're going to lose to Green Bay. They're probably going to lose to New Orleans. They're probably going to lose to Arizona. And I'm like, so if that season continues on the trend that it's going, we're going to see Jalen Hurts because it's going to be Doug Peterson's last-ditch effort to try to save his job and hope Hurts has some success where he can be like, look, it wasn't me all year. It was Carson Wentz. Like, I, when Hurts in, my offense That's a good point. So that's going to be his last-ditch effort to save his job. But I feel like throwing Hurts out here now with this roster and with this play calling and this scheme, you're just going to crush his confidence. Oh, yeah, he's not ready. He's, he's too raw of a prospect. I mean, one true year of quarterback play. He's not ready. I never thought he was ready. I thought we've been going in the draft process. I said, go to the Titans, learn from Arthur Smith, watch Ryan Tannehill. You'll be good there. Even go to Las Vegas, sit behind Carr while he struggles he, because now he's not anymore But it, besides this game against Atlanta. Uh, and learn from him, take his job. Never did I think he would come <laughs> to Philadelphia. So uh, now that he's here, I know as a player – He's not ready to play quarterback. The only reason why I put him in there is to send a message to Wentz and say, look, you're not above this. You're not, you're, your talent alone is not above being benched for playing bad. That's the only message I want to send because when he sent it to Donovan, it worked pretty well. 100%. Try it again with Carson because I think it could help Carson out mentally. I, I don't know. But there's also, there's also reason to your, to your method there because there was a time and place when you mentioned it earlier in your show in 2018 where they said it's enough's enough. He doesn't have it. He looks like he's falling apart on the field. Let's just put Nick Foles in. Maybe you do have to reach that point this year because maybe he needs to mentally step back from, from the game and readjust. Because other than that, I don't know. I that's the only reason why I play Jalen Hurts. If you want to keep putting Carson out there, fine, so be it. But I mean he's not improving. You, your offense doesn't change with him out there. You're not doing anything to change it. All you're doing is really destroying him mentally because now all we're talking about is if they're going to play Jalen Hurts, they're going to bench Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz didn't want Jalen Hurts to be picked, which is completely obvious, by the way. Yeah, uh, he was 100% on board. Quarter right. Round. The point is they the changes need to be made. And if they don't make any changes, they're not going to prove as a team and we're just going to watch the same thing next year. And the thing is with Doug, too, like, it's not even like I'm already pissed off watching the game. But then when I hear him talk after it, it just takes it to another level mm-hmm. where he's never going to be that guy, though. He's not uh, Cleveland game. After the Cleveland game, though, he said 
My plan was to get Wentz in the second half out on more designed rollouts. But every time I called one, uh, Carson checked out of it into a run play. They ran the ball four times in the second half versus the Cleveland Browns. So either you called less than four run plays the entire second half in a one-score game, or Carson Wentz audible out of every single one that you called a design role. And even then, you only called four? Like, I'm just like, duck. Like, either way, you either look like an idiot or you look like a liar. And then today, he says in the press conference, he still feels comfortable with the Jalen Hurts package that they have because they've had success. I think I've seen it work one time against the 49ers when he hit Richard Rodgers for a nice game. But he just doesn't care. I, I think you're looking at a mentally defeated man. I mean, he's forced on – as much as he wants to say that he was on board with that Jalen Hurts pick, dude, don't bullshit a bullshitter. You, no, you weren't. No way did you say, let's pick a quarterback when we have all these issues on my team that I'm the one coaching. Because Howie's the one sitting in the booth at the end of the day. He's not the one that's going to be scapegoated for this. It's going to be the guy who calls the play and mm-hmm. brings you the product on the field. So to t- sit here and say you're on board with that Jalen Hurts pick, no. Because now you're going to go to your next job because he's going to get hired again. He's going to get a head coaching job, whether it's the Jets or the Texans. And you're going to say, I wasn't on board with that pick. The whole entire thing was Harry Rosen's fault. And just so I can get a job again, I will agree to either not give up, not either do the whole entire play calling or bring somebody else in to uh, split play calling with like I did when I originally got hired in Philadelphia. Because that's, I mean, that's where it's heading to right now. Uh, But, I mean, what a joke to sit there and say you're on board with that pick and then the way you use him and all that stuff. I mean, it's just, it's asinine what's going on in Philadelphia. But, I mean, how he opened Pandora's box and Doug Pearson is reaping what he's sowing. So uh, I don't know how you don't make these changes. I don't know how you don't. I, I understand he bought the Lombardi trophy to Philadelphia, the first coach to do so. But I mean, uh, when you look this stale, no food improves after it gets this stale. So neither is right. Doug Peterson. It's, I, it's not going to happen. Honestly, a big thing that people are overlooking. I feel, I feel like, it's ego. It's a lot of ego. Too. He is ego. Yes. Like, yes. Like, absolutely. He, like he, like all you're given today. He did say maybe I do need to consider everything's on the table. Maybe I will give all play calling duties in the future. But all year he's just like, oh, I haven't even considered it. And I'm like, you have to try something. And then how he gets up there after they win the Super Bowl. This is our new norm. Well, apparently our new norm is eight and eight, nine and seven, and barely squeaking into the playoffs because that's right. what he's given us every year since. But it's and I feel like both of their egos just as soon as they won the Super Bowl just inflated. Hey man, my ego would be inflated too if I saw pictures of me and statues of me outside everywhere with a Lombardi trophy <laughs> every day when I go in my going to my job at work. Like I feel like you guys just maybe allow me to be complacent because you're hailing me literally everywhere. There's employee of the month signs everywhere for Doug Peterson, High Roseman, and Lincoln Financial Field. That's not how championships are built. That's not how dynasties are built. You're supposed to be thinking about the next one, not reminiscing about the one you already got. Yes, the Eagles got inflated. I, what I just said is the reason why, but also the reason why is I do give credit for the last couple of seasons with everything that's going on with the Eagles for Doug Peterson to still muster them into the playoffs. Agreed. But we overrated those performances, though. It wasn't great. It wasn't like you're one bad Cody Parkey. You're one good Cody Parkey kick away from having uh, having a one a playoff game since you won the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Like, that's pretty bad. That's not a good thing to say from a Super Bowl champion. So last year and last year we got into the playoffs. Given we did, we they handled their business and got into the playoffs, but you beat the Cowboys who Dak had a hurt shoulder. <laughs> I put that in air quotes because he, he, he threw for three hundred yards a game before right, he was fine. Yeah, yards no. next week. But um I'll give him air quotes, arm injury. Then you played the right. Giants and you played the now Washington football team. So I'm like, it's not like you went in and you just started just you went on a run and you were beating good teams that like you you won your division because you beat the bad teams that are in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I completely agree. That's why I think you just have to sit down and actually realize that, soak it in if you're Jeffrey Lurie, and make the hard decision because if you continue to let this go on, you're continuing to let your team fail, and you're just going to ask for the same thing to happen next year where you actually have to make the decision, and you missed out on a Joe Brady, or you missed who could be the next Sean McVay or the next – I hate to say Sean McVay because I think he's overrated as much. But, I mean, you Absolutely. get what I'm saying. The, the young offensive prodigy, like the 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 Cliff Kingsbury, the all those guys out there right now, you need that guy 
for Carson Wentz. And look, you need and that guy. Look what a coaching change. I'm mean, given. It's still Aaron Rodgers. But there was people talking like, oh, Rodgers is finished. Rodgers is this. Rodgers is that. Right. LaFleur has McCarthy and they bring in Matt LaFleur. Look at Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's a bad man again, according to Steve. Right. And they even drafted a quarterback in the first round. And I mean, he's still <laughs> playing like an MVP level caliber quarterback. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. It, it's just time. It's time. You got to move on from Doug. And if they don't do that, they're just asking for the, something to happen next year where they have to finally make a decision where you missed out on the Drew Brady. You missed out on the – I think this might be the leader that Lincoln Riley makes a jump too. I, I would not sleep on that. And I don't let Chip Kelly dictate what I do for a co- if I don't hire a coach in college. That's that's really very tunnel vision. Uh, Chip Kelly was not meant to be an NFL head coach. You just made the wrong decision there. Yes, Lincoln Riley – Look and Riley, yes, he is meant to be an NFL head coach. Now you just have to convince him. Uh, and by convincing him, I mean telling him that Harry Roseman will be in a, a little small office and not dealing with anything that goes on with the football team other than doing contracts. But, yeah, my top of the board is Joe Brady and Lincoln Riley. That's that's who I'm going after. That's Make a spark. Make a change. If you bring Doug Peterson back, I'll, leave, I'll, I'll make sure that this is my main thing of the podcast. If you bring Doug Peterson back, you are staying complacent, and you will not improve as a football team. It's just the truth. And like you said, I support Carson Wentz. I think he's a great talent. Uh, I love the guy. I, I was a huge fan of him in North Dakota State. Loved when the Eagles got him. The, one of the best things to happen, I really think. Uh, I truly believe he could be a top-10 caliber quarterback. Not sure he could be top five anymore, though. He finally lost my faith in that. He shook my faith in that completely. He's going to have to buy me back on that one. But – at the end of the day, like you said, it's a pact with the Eagles. Whatever's best for the Eagles is best for me. I do believe in Jalen Hurts' potential. Don't think he's going to be ready in year one. Don't think he'll be even ready in year two. But I agree. But that's where people – and I say that all the time. And I'm just like – coming out in the draft, I said Hurts, Hurts was a year three guy. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, you 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 just don't – you're threatened that he's going to take Wentz's job. And I'm like, if they play him as a rookie – I hope he comes in and has Russell Wilson type success as a rookie. Like I'm never gonna root for the quarterback of the Eagles to fail, ever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, but that's just my assessment of him coming out of college. Was he's not going to be ready to be the guy for an NFL team until played, at least year three? He played power running back at Alabama in the shape of a quarterback, and he did yes. legitimately played one year of quarterback in a Lincoln Riley offense. It's completely quarterback friendly. Like, let's pump the brakes, people. That's the thing, though. It's Philadelphia. We have a stigma with our backups. We have the stigma with the unknown. If if, if the Eagles draft him in the second round, they, he must be – that's another thing, I think. When everybody's always like, he was a second-round pick, a second-round pick. Second-round pick quarterbacks aren't good. It's very rare. Right. Very rare. It's not the, It's not a normal thing. If you're not pa- drafted in the first round of a quarterback, your percentages of being a franchise quarterback are pretty damn low. So and you could use all these examples that are going on right now, but they still make up a very low percentage. People, uh, the 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 second round excuse, I think, is stupid. I mean, I think Jalen Hurts could be special. I think he'd be talented, but it, it's not going to happen this year. And it's not going to happen next year. The only reason why I'm playing him is that because I want Carson Wentz to wake up. Agreed, hundred percent. Somebody needs to, and I hate saying it because it's kind of cliche, but it's like somebody needs to light a fire under him. Yeah, because he doesn't have it. Because I and. If if anyone thinks the way that he's playing is acceptable or something that's not benchable or like I mean there, there's no reason to put Jalen Hurts in, I, I think you're crazy. I think yeah. if Don McNabb was doing this at this point in 2008, like he was, and that was benchable, what's the difference here when you're not even you have nothing on the line really? I mean you're you're handing the division over to the Giants. Yeah. You're handing it. You're letting Washington in on it. Like. You're giving away this division while Dak Prescott's out. It's yeah, it's, it's sad. It's sad. So what? I mean, if 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 that's not really lighting a fire in your quarterback, then losing his job might. Exactly, hundred percent. If he feels, and I feel like, like you said, it looks like he's playing timid, and I feel like he knows he's an injury away from losing his job. Whether Jalen Hurts is good or not, mm-hmm. if Wentz suffers another injury. That's it. If he suffers another injury, he's born an Andrew Luck, though. He's out. I think he'll be out. I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to be. I mean, I think this season could, but the way it's going, not only just from a mental standpoint, for I mean, the hits he's taken. I mean, my God, he's on David Carr's right at this point now. Uh, that could make you not want to play football anymore. I mean, 100%. coming coming off a vicious concussion because not people, not many people want to talk about this concussion versus Clowney. That was a bad concussion. I mean, his head popped off the ground. 
he got spearheaded by Javidia Cloudy at full speed. Mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, that's 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 vicious. And they, then they immediately called his wife to the field, like right, exactly. And then to go into the the next year and be the most sack quarterback, the most hit quarterback, the most turnover quarterback. I mean, uh, it, it literally took Andrew Luck to make him not love football to that point. Why can't that not happen here at Carson Wentz, especially with the Philadelphia media? Because it wasn't like that in Indianapolis. Uh, when you throw that one in there, another wrench in there too. It's like, dude, I could understand if the guy quits. I can understand if he walks away. Uh, the team's basically trying to force him to pushing down these these backups down his throat that have success at some point. Like, right. uh, John Hurts was a Heisman candidate. Like, I mean, it's not like he's a very known quarterback. Everybody knew him going into that draft. Like, he was one of the most talked about prospects. I mean, it's not just like they spent a second-round pick on Jalen Hurts. They spent a second-round pick on uh, a national champion uh, quarterback. They spent a second-round pick on a guy who who went to two programs and led them to far in the college football playoffs. Like, yeah. it's a nationally known guy. It's not just some random schmo from the college that – like Jordan Love from Utah State. It's <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Like, I I don't know, man. I, I you're, you're, you're begging the quarterback to destroy him mentally, and your offensive line is – doing your favor and destroying him physically at the same time as well. So I, I don't think the Andrew Luck thing is that far off. I think it's something that we could all possibly consider with Carson Wentz. I agree. I agree 100%. And I know some, some people are saying, like, the the concussion is having lingering effects. And I know you're saying from, like, a mental aspect where it's in the back of his head. But I've seen people say that he he's slower processing stuff now because of the head injury. And I'm like, I never honestly considered that, but I feel like it's actually not too far off of a possibility. No, I agree. I mean, something's got to give. Something's got to be up. I I think at the end of the season, uh, not the end of the season, but probably like midway through the offseason, we'll find out the truth. I think the truth will finally come out. And whether we like it or not, it might be really bad. I think I I foresee it being bad. Um, I've heard some things that – He's struggling with – he has something off the field that he's struggling with mentally that's weighing on him. And it doesn't have to do with Jalen Hurts. It's a personal issue that I really can't get into much because I don't only have one source that told me. And if it's only going to be one source, I'm not going to say it. Uh, if it was somebody else confirming it, then I would probably go live with it. But uh, I think it will come out, though, if it is the truth, if, if what I was told was true. And it would explain everything. It would even explain the Jalen Hurts pick. So wow. if that does happen – so be it that I'll finally get the answer that I needed, the confirmation I needed to know what's going on, and I will finally understand everything that's going on. But I think it goes into why he's playing bad. I think it definitely is the reason why he's playing bad, but I also think it goes in with the concussion, it goes in with the injuries, and it goes in with my team doesn't believe in me that much because if they did, they wouldn't take a quarterback in the second round at the end of the day. So, I mean, good job, Harry Roseman, Philadelphia. You chewed up your – talented quarterback and you spit him out and you made him bad well that's what that's another thing um real quick we're gonna wrap up shortly i don't want to hold up your whole night i know you just got done the eagles brawl post game show but um and you're probably eagled out and i I would need a mental break from it too i do (laughs) but um the the clip that's kind of making his rounds now when doug peterson was talking to john lynch versus the 49ers in 2017 and he said oh man this kid is special as long as we don't mess them up. And I'm just like, damn, old uh, takes exposed. Like, You did mess them up. You messed them up. I'll tell you right now, John Lynch would trade for Carson Wentz tomorrow night if he was able to. Me he and would, he were would... actually talking about that last night, like possible destinations for Carson Wentz. And, like, obviously Indy is like the, the – Right. But 49ers would probably be my second one, actually, though, to be yeah, quite honest brought, with you. He brought up the 49ers, and I was like, that would – him and Shanahan, I think, would be magic. Right, because everybody's thinking, like, well, Kyle Shanahan's offense is all yak. Like, it's all dump-off stuff. It's because the quarterback is the only thing he can do. I mean, the guy cannot throw downfield to save his life. Carson Wentz can. It would open up the offense a little bit more for them, for Kittle and Debo Samuel and Ayuk. I definitely think the 49ers would chase after him. Uh, I mean, there's there's plenty of teams that would go after Carson Wentz. I mean, it's, it's not – I think – I mean, how many executives, how many higher-ups does it have to take for all these reports to come out to make you guys finally believe that Carson Wentz is a talented quarterback and that this – I mean, like you and I said, you put Jalen Hurts and nothing's changing. It's probably it gets worse. If you yeah, put Nate Tuttle like, in – And then you're going to ruin Jalen Hurts mentally. Right. And if you put Jalen – if you put 
made stuff out of it and it gets worse. If you put Jared Goff in, it gets worse. If you put like so on and so forth, Dak Prescott, he wouldn't be doing good in this offense. Like I actually, I actually saw a post earlier. Uh, I think it was Sunday afternoon, like during the Chiefs Buccaneers game, and I, I was like, at first I laughed, but then I'm like, fuck, I could see it. And it said, if you put Tom Brady on the Eagles, they're winless this year. Yeah. And then if you put Carson Wentz on the Bucks, they're the number one seed in the NFC. And I was like, I don't know. They would be. One I don't know about the one one C, but they would def, They would. They would be in a better position, yes. Because Father Time has caught up to Tom Brady, and not only that, he's not on the same page with Bruce Arians at all. I mean, you're in yeah. Tampa too. You you, you see it well. Like they, talk about Bruce Arians is a is a vertical threat offense down the field offense, and Tom Brady, yes, his downfield passing wasn't as bad as what people thought it was. They overhyped that a little bit with. Sam Brady's wash, but it's definitely not something you could do consistently throughout the game, and that's that's the disconnect there. Bruce Arians, if he wants to win a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, and Tom Brady, he better step aside and give Byron Leftwich some play calling duties. They're the same boat. They're in the same boat over there. We were in Philadelphia. Yeah. They just had they had they were Super Bowl bust. The Eagles 100%. at least were were building for the future at least, and now they're they don't even know if they have a future. But yeah, I think uh, another coach. If if the Buccaneers don't do anything in the playoffs, or at least make a run. I think Arians is out because Brady Brady's at least back for another year. Yeah. Oh, Arians is definitely out. They would have to go. They would probably just promote Brian Leftwich and try again. To be honest with you, though, I don't. I don't think they would probably. They would probably just tell Arians to step aside. We're off the sunset. You should have been. You should have retired, and go there. Go with Leftwich and see how it goes. I don't think they would switch the whole entire staff on Tom Brady since they really envisioned that signing to be with this staff. But uh, I mean, you're right. I mean, they have to keep. They're not going to get rid of Tom Brady. Yeah, he's gonna play. He's gonna play another year too because they're gonna get in the playoffs. They'll just lose a tight. They'll probably lose a tight wild card game where Tom Brady goes. You know, we have the talent. We could do something. It was really Bruce's fault. And then they do something there. Uh, I agree with you. Not to segue into Buccaneers talk, but uh, man, and I don't know. I think I, if Carson Wentz played for Bruce Arians' offense right now with their weapons that they have and the scheme that it is, they would be. What are they seven five right now? They would be ten and three, maybe, maybe, maybe though, because right, he Carter. I don't know. I because we still think it's a concussion, and I still think it's off the field stuff. So I don't know if that changes much if he switches over to Tampa because I think that's what's holding him back. But yeah, so that offense with those weapons, he's definitely better than what he is right now. That's all I know. 100% in agreement. Real quick before I let you go, news came out today. Philly will, Will Parks, and I know you've had him on the, uh, or I think, believe Giovanni had him on um, the Eagles brawl on his show, Philly Sports with Giovanni, but Will Parks cut? Like, I had, I did have him on earlier in the, when he first signed with the Eagles uh, when I just interviewed him, and I mean, the guy's talking about learning the game from Malcolm Jenkins, learning the position from Malcolm Jenkins, and Learning the whole entire defense from him, and then he gets injured, falls out of favor of Jim Schwartz, who loves Jalen Mills absurdly amount. Uh, I mean, they wanted to trade him. I I understand why they cut him because they were just like, you're complaining about playing time on Instagram. Like that's the last thing we need right now, and we don't even really want you that bad anymore. So cut. I right. get it, but I mean, that's it's a bad move. It, it's a bad move. Your safety play is not that good outside of Roddy McLeod. And so, Kayvon Wallace can't get on the field. Right, and even when he does, and him or, Bla- or Arnold, when they get on the field, I don't think they're going to be that good. Because, I mean, you're asking them late in the year on their rookie years to do provide some kind of spark. I don't think it's going to happen like that. But, I mean, they weren't going to bring Will Parks back, so that's the point. And if he was a guy that that was supposed – I mean, he was supposed to be an integral part of this defense. But if 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 he was like Jason Peters, this would be, he would still be here. But – He's not, so. Agreed, and exactly. And then me and you are both in agreement. We're both on board with Lou Reddick and Joe Brady next year. Oh, that'd be awesome. And replacing Doug Peterson. Because, I mean, like we just brought up Kayvon Wallace. You're getting zero production out of your second-round pick. You're getting zero production out of your fourth-round pick. And and I'm still baffled by the Davion Taylor third-round pick. And you're getting zero production out of him. That's three draft picks that, that just can't even see the field for you. And your head coach and your head coach has no idea how to use your first round pick. 
Thank you. Because I... he doesn't. So, no, I mean, honestly, and I hate to expose him on, on a podcast, but, I mean, Jalen Rager's dad doesn't even think his head coach knows how to use him properly. So, I mean, if, <laughs> if, if he thinks that, and he played in the NFL. He played on a Super Bowl winning team in Indianapolis. He right. he played for Philly. He coached with Doug, actually, when Doug first got his coaching job here. Uh, Monte was an uh, intern. He knows Doug pretty well. So, I mean, if he's going to be brutally honest about that, then, I mean, why can't we as fans? My point, too, that I brought up um, on yesterday's episode, I was like, stop throwing screens to Greg Ward. He's probably – mine. I like Greg Ward. He's a nice – I like him, too. He's a rotational wide receiver. Yeah, he's, he's not a screen receiver. Exactly. Greg Ward is your Jordan Matthews receiver. Yeah. That's it. Why are you doing screens to Jordan Matthews? You would never do that. So why are you doing it to Greg Ward? That's what I said. Get throw the ball short, screen plays underneath stuff, get the ball in Rieger's hands and let him make something happen. Downfield con I mean like downfield concepts for a guy where your quarterback doesn't even want to throw that much downfield and then shorter fades, like it makes no sense. It makes no yeah. sense at all. I but I also think the head coach doesn't know how to scheme for receivers. Agreed. So that's that's probably what the huge reason is there. I, I would not be surprised when Jalen Rager goes into year two and just breaks out. And Especially Joe Brady. Think of Joe Brady in here. Jalen Rager's going off. Hundred percent. If, if if they get Joe Brady, I'm I'm gonna be back on the Wentz wagon taking him in fantasy football next. And year everybody too. doesn't want them to take a wide receiver again, and I get that. But if they hire Joe Brady, they better get Jamar Chase. Then. I was gonna say if, if, if Jamar Chase is there and you say no, you're out of your mind. Yeah, no, I especially if Joe Brady. If you hire Joe Brady, I, I would love to keep those two paired for sure. All right, man. I appreciate yeah. you having me on, though. Of course, yeah, definitely. I actually anticipated this going 30 minutes, but now we're pushing up on 53. But as always, Connor, pleasure talking football with you. One of the sharpest minds out there. Make sure appreciate you follow you, him on Twitter at Connor Miles NFL. C O N. O-R, and the only reason I'm spelling that correctly is because your name Because nobody else will. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Follow, make sure you check him out on the Eagles Brawl. Subscribe to all their shows. Um, giving you the best Eagles content. And like I said, that's the second best Manscaped commercial in America. So, Hell yeah, man. I love it. <laughs> Appreciate, Appreciate you, bro. And I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.